terms of changing the way police policing happens here and across the country. But for now, exhale, satisfied, history made, change beginning, and a real just good feeling out here in this big crowd. Ron Allen tonight, thank you. And President Biden is weighing in on the verdict after earlier sparking backlash for talking about the verdict he was praying for before the jury had reached a decision. NBC's Kristen Welker is at the White House. Kristen, what did the president say tonight? Lester, tonight President Biden speaking for 15 minutes, calling the verdict a step forward, saying new legislation is needed to combat systemic issues in race and policing. No one should be above the law. And today's verdict sends that message, but it's not enough. We can't stop here. Meanwhile, the president is facing backlash for saying while the jury was deliberating, he was praying for, quote, the right verdict. It's highly unusual for a president to weigh in on an ongoing trial. Multiple people close to the president told us Biden's comments were not helpful. The White House insisting he was merely echoing the emotions of the moment. Lester. Kristen Welker at the White House, thanks. Let's turn now to Tremaine Lee. He's an MSNBC correspondent who has been closely following the trial. Tremaine is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a city that knows all too well how precarious justice can be. Tremaine, what are people there saying, and, and does this feel like a true inflection point? That's right, Lester. This community has dealt with its fair share of injustice and issues with policing. Uh, but for just one moment, they were able to exhale and breathe because a thousand miles away, a black family and a black man finally got justice. There was a man across the street in front of the church who got down on one knee because he was so joyful. But that joy came with wariness because he knows that uh, justice for black America, writ large, beyond that family, a thousand miles away, is still tenuous and fragile at best, Lester. Tremaine, thank you. Joining me now is Washington Post columnist and NBC News and MSNBC political analyst Eugene Robinson. Eugene, talk about this moment. What does it mean for not just Floyd's family, but for the nation? Lester, uh, I think this is an inflection point. This does not mean that we have, uh, we have completed uh, in some sort of reckoning with racial justice. We have solved all the problems of, of, uh, of policing uh, in this country. We've got a lot of work to do, but it feels like a beginning rather than a
never have seen that happen in these sorts of uh, police killing cases. Um, and it, and it, if that means that the sort of thin blue line of solidarity uh, against these sort of justified complaints about policing, if, if that, that line is weakening or is gone, I, that's a really, really good thing for this country. You know, even in, in the crowd, in the minutes leading up to today's verdict, there were people expressing doubts, no trust in the justice system. Does this restore some of the trust as seen through communities of color in this country? I, you know, I think it does, but, uh, but only in a limited sense. I mean, look, look at what we're talking about here. This is, this, uh, the man, uh, that Derek Chauvin knelt on George Floyd's neck for nine minutes and 29 seconds, all of it captured on video from multiple angles and broadcast to the world, basically. You could not, uh, you know, that's not going to happen in every case. Uh, in some cases, uh, we're going to have to take the words of, of, of witnesses. And, and in some cases, uh, we're probably not going to have uh, police officers as willing to uh, testify against their fellow officers, as was the case uh, here. Um, so I don't think anybody, you know, anybody goes overboard and says, you know, aha, we have had our reckoning with, uh, with, with systemic racism, uh, even in, just in policing. I don't think anybody says that. Uh, but I think people can say this is a beginning. This really, it, had it gone a different way, we would be having an entirely different conversation. And, and All right, Eugene Robinson, thank you for talking with us. And joining me now is former Hennepin County Public Defender Mary Moriarty. Mary, the jury deliberated for less than a day, as we said, somewhere around 11 hours. What do you make of this verdict, and what did it mean for Minneapolis and the country? After hearing closing arguments and the trial itself, I didn't expect that the jury would be out very long. In fact, I thought that they would come back today. And that's because the state did an excellent job of presenting medical testimony, uh, everything they needed, use of force testimony, and the defense really wasn't able to counter much of that. Uh, in some respects, I think this is everything to this community right now, but in other respects, it's just the first step. Uh, people heard our chief, uh, Madeira Arredondo, talk about his values, uh, his ethics, uh, which he very much believes in. He's a reformer. But we also know every day that cops like Chauvin continue to engage in this kind of behavior. It just doesn't rise to the level that it did in George Floyd. So there's this gap between the aspiration and what actually happens day to day. And so this is just the beginning, and people in the community are celebrating right now, but we also realize we have a long way to go. All right, Mary Moriarty, thanks very much. We'll take a break and be back in just 60 seconds. We started with computers. We didn't stop with computers. We didn't stop with storage or glass. We kept going, working with our customers to enable the kind of technology that provided access. A gunman shot three people today, killing one of them. Lorena Ellis has late details. In what's becoming an all-too-familiar scene, people running from a store or mall with their hands up after a shooting. I heard about two shots, and I've been sitting in the parking lot watching, and I and put somebody on a stretcher. A gunman opened fire inside a West Hempstead, Long Island stop-and-shop supermarket earlier today. Police say the gunman killed a 49-year-old employee and shot two other workers in an upstairs manager's area 
but were reportedly fleeing the scene with a handgun. They plan today, like any other day, to go to work, take care of the customers, go home safely to their families. Uh, and then we have uh, looked at the record uh, situation that this. After a four-hour manhunt, police arrested 30-year-old Gabriel DeWitt Wilson. The subject tried to flee through the down through the first floor. He was then apprehended both by the Hempstead and the Bureau of Special Operations. Schools were placed on lockdown and area businesses were sheltering in place. This comes just four weeks after a gunman killed 10 people, including a police officer at a grocery store in Boulder, Colorado. Tonight, police on Long Island are trying to figure out why a deadly shooting happened here. Rahima Ellis, NBC News, New York. Health authorities in Europe said today the J&J &J COVID vaccine should carry a warning about the possible risk of blood clots. More than 132 million Americans have now received at least one dose of the available vaccines. Miguel Almaguer has the latest. In a possible preview of what's to come in the U.S., tonight's safety regulators in the European Union say Johnson & Johnson's vaccine should carry a warning for the rare risk of blood clotting but did not recommend it be pulled from use overseas. Authorities say the vaccine's benefit outweighs the potential risk. Of the nearly 8 million Americans who received the shot, six women developed serious blood clotting, leading to one fatality. This is a very rare effect, but it also makes it very important for doctors and patients to be aware of the signs so that they can spot any concerns. With EU regulators unable to identify clear risk factors like gender or age, the decision comes ahead of Friday's CDC advisory meeting, where some expect a similar outcome. We remain very confident and we're hopeful that the uh, benefit-risk profile will play out. After rare but similar reports of blood clotting with AstraZeneca's vaccine overseas, many in Europe later refused to take it. Here in the U.S., vaccine hesitancy is also a growing problem, especially after the J&J &J pop. People that I've talked to have, have mentioned um, just not trusting, not believing, wanting to wait and see. All of this comes as COVID cases climb by at least 25% in nine states. But even after Connecticut hit its highest hospitalizations in months, the governor announced nearly every restriction will soon be lifted. Tonight, our nation eager to move forward, while the future of COVID cases and one vaccine remains unclear. Miguel Almaguer, NBC News. As vaccinability eligibility expands, make a plan for when and where to get vaccinated. Visit planyourvaccine.com for more. Up next for us here tonight, the new bells and whistles from Apple, including a way to find your keys. Two medical societies had strongly recommended to doctors to treat acute non-low back muscle and joint pain with soft and fruits. A formulation they don't know can be found to find your keys in just short. Tonight, Tech Giants is promising more bright days for a company hitting hundreds of millions in revenue during the pandemic so many are working from home. We can't wait to get these new products into your hands. CEO Tim Cook appearing in a pre-recorded demo day showing off the latest iPad Pro. Some versions packing 5G, more powerful cameras that can auto-track for video conferencing. But the biggest selling point, speed and its M1 processor, the same as the Mac computer, showing the company weaning itself off of Intel chips. The colorful new Apple iMacs also getting the new processors, allowing for a bright and slim redesign. 
A real showstopper? A $29 AirTag offering to charge Apple's Find My Phone function and find my things. The next time the couch eats your keys, AirTag will help find them. Unlike many of its other products, key finders already exist. Tile, one of the biggest device trackers on the market, is set to testify in Washington tomorrow on antitrust concerns as Congress examines whether tech giants like Apple might control too much of the market for the products they create. Scotty Schwartz, NBC News. America has 30 new citizens, and all were welcomed today by none other than George W. Bush, the former president attending a naturalization ceremony live outside on our plaza at Rockefeller Center. Bush has just released a new book of paintings and stories featuring America's immigrants. Former Vice President Walter Mondale has died. The Democrat who served as VP under Jimmy Carter made history with his own presidential bid in 1984, adding Geraldine Ferraro as the first woman on a major party ticket, but ultimately lost to incumbent Ronald Reagan. He was 93. Tell us some final thoughts on today's verdict right after this.